0: I listen to different podcasts as well and really try to find inspiration and and kind of figure out like, how do they balance it all? And how do they do it all? And the thing is that you really can't,
1: you know, Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, where we cover top programmatic and digital news. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own Programmatic Sensei. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into today's conversation, please do me those three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on social media. We are currently on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and very soon to be on YouTube, y'all. Yay! And finally, sign up to the newsletter on the website, ProgrammaticDigest.com. It sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Stephanie. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Yes. Uh, Happy Thursday. Happy first week of June, even though this podcast is going to be maybe posted in a couple weeks from now. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I'm going to take the next 30 seconds to a minute to tell you all about my birthday challenge. I'm celebrating my birthday month and I'm doing a birthday challenge in looking for five additional clients to sign up. I'm the founder and chief programmatic sensei of Ellen Parker Consulting LLC. And I specialize in increasing the efficiency of my partners, my agency partners by 25% on average. How do I do it? by providing comprehensive media strategies, auditing operational workflows to help programmatic and digital media teams at excelling and managing client campaigns and thriving in a happier work environment. The last 12 months have been difficult for all of us and agency teams might be feeling burnout from round-the-clock campaign management, keeping up with this industry trend and learning new platform capabilities. This kind of fatigue leads to human errors that can be easily avoided in the future with my help, So I'm focusing on helping as many companies as I can, as I begin a new year of my life, another year of my life this month. Can you help me help you or someone, you know, that could really benefit from my services? Email me at info at ellenparker.com. That's phonetically heleneparker.com. Enjoy the rest of the conversation. I'm super excited because it is my birthday month and I like to celebrate the whole month. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, it's not a plan. Time. Um, So me and my husband try to take quarterly vacations. And so I told him that this was his turn to plan a vacation, a surprise vacation. So I'm hoping we're going to get to travel a little bit safely and uh, ditched a baby with her grandparents, Uh, even though I can only do three days (gasps) away. (laughs) He said he'll only plan like a three-day getaway, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's always so nice to refresh, recharge, and come back.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, welcome to the Sunsys Corner. Um, You are Stephanie Beach. You are the founder and CEO of SMB Media Consulting. And you're a badass, the programmatic unicorn, like I like to say. So I will let you introduce yourself to those who don't know who you are yet.
0: Thank you. Yes, um, my name is Stephanie Beach. I am the founder and CEO of SMB Media Consulting. We are a full-service digital media consultancy that provides um, all different kinds of services from programmatic strategy and execution through paid search, paid social, um, as well as working with publishers on helping them monetize their website. So because my background is both on the buy and sell side, I try to bring that into my company in working with both brands and publishers.
1: That is really cool. I, don't, I think it's such a, a cool model and concept. I, um, I came across your website maybe a year and a half ago, and I've been following you on LinkedIn, trying to see, like, what is she doing now? Like, I've had so much, like, inspiration and um, almost like a fangirling moment with with uh, what you're doing. So thank, oh, thank you so you. much for, yeah, thank you so much for making making the time. So today we're going to talk about the latest and greatest with Google, just in case uh, people don't hear it enough. <laughs> I figured we'll just remind them what's happening. So um, Google has recently gave us an update about uh, they're um, not tracking Androids anymore. But before we get into today's conversation, I really want to learn more about your journey. Um, I know you mentioned um, that you're helping publishers and then you're offering different services, but walk us through this journey before you decided to make the jump or what make you made you want to do it in the first place or or just walk us through like a, your journey into the into where you are yeah, today so
0: um my whole career i've, I've been working in digital media mm-hmm. um i think majority of us have started out in agency life right yep. working for an agency um, and when i first started i did the same thing and um digital was actually being given away as added value Oh my gosh. Um, Yes. Yeah. And the biggest metric um, that everybody wanted to know about was click through rate. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that was the metric of success. Uh, (laughs) I'm dating myself right now, but um, that's, you know, that's pretty much what uh, we were kind of doing. We were working as um, I was working at a traditional agency in their digital department at the time, which was basically me and my boss. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, from there I moved on to a digitally focused agency. Uh, really learned so much more about digital and online media um, mm-hmm. and planning and things of that sort. And then I kind of soireed into ad tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for an ad server for a little while, and then I worked for MediaMath for about four years, which is a DSP. And then yep. I worked at um, Pubmatic for for two years uh, on the publisher side. And I consciously made that jump from MediaMath to Pubmatic um, when MediaMath was moving down to World Trade Center. Um, it wasn't a place that I felt comfortable working, and um, I didn't want to go to a competitor. I was like, you know, I really love what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I really love this company and just didn't feel right wow. going <laughs> to another DSP. So I was like, let me learn another side of the business and try something different. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I, uh, made the jump and I met some really great people and learned the publisher side of the business. Um, in 20, in September, 2016, you know, I left problematic and decided, you know, let's see, um, if I could move into something a little bit different. My daughter at the time was starting real school. And with my commute and everything, I just felt like I didn't have any work-life balance. And yeah. so I was really looking to try to find a role where mm-hmm. I could still do what I enjoyed doing, but be home part-time. Wow. Okay. Now we're all home. Everybody's home now, yeah, now right? Now being, want... being home is
1: super sexy and convenient and flexible. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but in
0: 2016, you know, yeah. I interviewed for about a year with people. Wow. And could not get two days a week from home. I yeah. even gave up managing a team. I was like, oh I'll be an individual contributor. And it was like, sorry, 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 sorry. So I kind of fell into freelancing and really yeah. enjoyed the impact that I was having on the businesses that I was working for and the companies I was working with. And um I was actually really upset one day because I you know, I, I did turn down a couple of roles. Yeah, Um, during that time. And there was a couple of roles that were a little far fetched. But I went for them anyway. Yeah. And there was one particular role with a remote company um, that I knew was a long shot for me because it was something totally out of my comfort zone. And I didn't get the role. And I was so upset. And my husband was like, why don't you just consult full time? And I was like, I didn't think that was an option. (laughs) So instead of looking for a job, I started looking for more clients. And then my clients started asking for more services. And so that's how my company was born. And I um, created this consultancy for people who um, can't afford a big agency, um, don't really want to work with a big team, maybe are just starting out, um, and can really kind of work with a nimble team that is fully transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, we educate as we go. Uh, while we bring our relationships and um, our technology and platforms to the table,
1: mm-hmm.
0: those relationships actually sit with the customer. Mm-hmm. So if anything happens with our relationship, we still mm-hmm. have all of their historical data, all of their information, their setup and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're, we're working across paid search, social and programmatic um, for a lot of our clients where we could be a resource for them and act as an extension of their digital marketing team.
1: Right. I think it's so fascinating because I can relate your, to your, um, not pain point, but to your growth because I, I just made the leap, the leap uh, maybe two and a half ago, two and a, two and a half years ago. And the reason what I did was exactly that. At that point in my life, I wanted to be able to be much more flexible in my scheduling. It was about exchanging value instead of hourly work. Yeah. And, um, and my husband told me the same thing. He's like, you've been freelancing here and there for the last couple of years. Like, why don't you just consider? And I had great uh, relationship in my network, like with the real Are Rosie or the work we do with places, freelancers. Um, and so I tested that for a while. And then very recently after she was born, so about a year ago, I realized like, I just don't want to only do that. I have much more to offer, but I want to keep learning and kept receiving, just like you kept receiving like consulting uh, opportunity. And now I'm like, all right, only focusing on one thing. And I'm all about embracing and um, sharing and really like applauding Women like yourself that are doing what I aspire to do, or that are inspiring me to continue doing it, because sometimes it's really rough. Like it's, it's 2021, but I don't think there's a. Even though it's people out there in LinkedIn and saying like diversity and inclusion is very sexy, and um, you know, and uh, we're hiring female CEOs and this and that, I still feel like there is a lack of support for like uh, entrepreneur female entrepreneurs out there. And I really had to it's look for it. Ignorant. Oh, yeah! I've really had to look for it, and and yeah. I and I came across you again very intentionally. Like I looked at you, and I was like, "Man, I need to get reach out to her, even if it's just to be friends or just." <laughs> <laughs> because I strongly believe in elevating people around us and letting people know that you've influenced my life in a great way, and I'm not going to hold back. And now I say loud and clear, like on the podcast, a million yeah. people are probably going to listen to it, and that's okay. But we have to do this. So I really applaud what you're doing. And I only wish you amazing things to happen. I know amazing things are going to continue to happen. Like, I have no doubt of that. Thank Um, you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's been really great, you know. And um, I've read so many books about, you know, women entrepreneurship and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, different. And I've read Lean In and, you know, all of these. I listen to different podcasts as well and really try to find inspiration and, and kind of figure out like how do they balance it all and how do they do it all and the thing is that you really can't you yeah. know <laughs> but you could create a lifestyle for yourself that <laughs> is manageable you know yeah. um uh you know and 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 sometimes you you read these books and you look at these female CEOs and you know these large companies and, and <laughs> things like that and you're like wow but you know what It's not always realistic, right? We can't always have an office next to our office where our kids could have a daycare. We don't always have the ability to have a full time nanny or want a full time nanny. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't want to have this amazing job, and I'm not trying to bash anybody who is doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. their own, but I didn't want somebody else raising my kids either. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think yeah. that for women, it's a big struggle, or it has been a big struggle oh, yeah. of career versus parenthood, and I think that you know there 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 can be a balance yeah um, and you can still work and do what you love while being an available parent wow
1: that's that's great that you just shared that, and I think it's a good a good segue into one of the questions I wanted to ask, like how like balancing, balancing everything. And um, I always try to be mindful of the questions I ask to male guests and female guests. But the reality is that I'm more interested in what a female guest will say about this because we have different responsibilities and then we have different focus. Like, you know, like my husband Mm -hmm. has different focus than I have. And what you just said about work-life balance, I truly don't think it's a true... The way we've defined it as an industry, I don't always agree with how it's defined, and I don't think it's it's truly uh, like it doesn't exist almost. Like like agencies have have said, oh yeah, we 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 support work life balance, but the reality is that it's really not. It's not there. Like you have to be able to segment your day, and there's little humans. And the last year has really pushed the industry to realize that indeed this is happening. Um, so thank you for sharing and, um, talking about the last year, have you think, do you think it's shifted like, um, from a business perspective as well? And also from a personal perspective, how has that shifted with your clientele? In addition to everything happening in the industry, like cookie less, uh, the cookie deprecation happening in the next year, like today, we wanted to talk about the Android, um, updates that Google just launched. So. So, how has COVID and everything influenced the last twelve months from a business perspective, but also on a personal note as well?
0: Um, from a business perspective, I've been fairly lucky, I yeah. have to say. Um, I did lose a few small clients <laughs> in the beginning of COVID that couldn't sustain, um, you know, the lockdown and the mm. shutdown of things, or who weren't necessarily, you know. Um, have big budgets to begin with, um, or production of their products weren't able to be done, uh, things like that, especially when, when people are having products created and shipped from overseas, right. There was a yeah. huge issue there. So I did lose a couple of small clients, but, um, a couple of my main clients surprisingly did really well. Uh-huh. Um, you no, know, I, uh, one of my larger accounts is a home decor brand. So, you know, during lockdown, everybody was decorating their houses and yeah. creating home offices and, and things of that sort. So I was fairly fortunate. Um, I did find it hard to prospect um, mm-hmm. and try to get people talking. People were very afraid to send me, um, mm-hmm. especially on the publisher side, you know, which I felt like the publishers kind of needed us almost the most. Um, and then some of the smaller brands or these mom and pop shops that are typical brick and mortar had no idea or had no budget to go online. So it was really hard to kind of drum up new business. I want to say like towards the end of last summer, beginning of fall, it Mm -hmm. started picking up a little bit more and people were kind of more open to talking and seeing like the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then now I kind of feel like with everybody uh you know with things opening up more and yeah. everybody being used to working from home and and more people understanding the online um universe I guess yeah. uh you know it has been a little bit better and and more consistent um and people are starting to open up again.
1: Right. Um I think I was reading um the article from destination analyst and i'll make sure to quote to add in our show notes but i think it was saying that 67 percent of people are like highly likely to travel this summer because of mm-hmm. the everything reopening and then it's, that is translating into ad dollars for tourism and uh, mm-hmm. traveling the traveling industry so um i don't know if it's 67 but it was like above the 60 percent and I'm sure that the number may mm-hmm. be updated now because they do studies almost like very often. So, um, again, destination analysts, they offer like free articles and free resources to anyone that is working in the tourism industry. I strongly recommend you follow them or at least sign up to their newsletter. Um, but that's great. So, so you would say that even though people cannot get into the store, um, that client did rather well? Or oh, would yeah. they still stay open? Yeah, Got it. Yeah, they
0: did rather well. So- yeah, they, you know, they, were, they did everything e-commerce. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, There were some products that were um, sold out and mm-hmm. then on um, back order because we couldn't get things from other countries, mm-hmm. um, but they were able to do pre-orders and things like that. So we, we got a little creative with how we were able to still make money, even mm-hmm. though we weren't able to have product. You got um, it. You know, so I worked with some of my clients on that as well. Um, and then, kind of also, you know, got creative with some other ideas for other clients in offering, you know, um, something in exchange for, mm-hmm. you know, their product. So maybe doing more of like a uh, webinar and, and talking mm-hmm. about things, yeah. or you know, um, letting people know what's coming mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. So really trying to still keep their audience engaged. Um, regardless of the client, and, and keeping those people uh, fresh and, and coming back to their site and, and reading their content, and you know, buying products or ordering, product, mm. ordering products, pre-ordering um, products
1: online. Got it. Okay. So um, on the publisher side, because I know you mentioned that you manage publishers' relationship for your client and for your and for the business, um, how has that shifted? Like, I can't imagine that in the last year, people streaming and uh, consuming more digital content has affected them in a negative way. Or maybe not, um, but in the midst and um, <laughs> of cookie deprecation, how are you having conversation? How are you having conversation with um, those uh, partners?
0: Yeah. So. Um... I also attended DigiJay last Mm -hmm. uh, month, which was also a big topic of uh, the end of the cookie. So it was very interesting. (laughs) I know. And what is really interesting is that it seems like a lot of, there's a lot of different partners popping up in order to help remedy this. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of talk about what's the best. Best path moving forward. Mm-hmm. And it seems that both brands and publishers are a lot, are kind of doing different things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're testing out this and they're testing out yeah. that. And what I'm finding and what I'm seeing and what's being talked about and what I'm reading is that a lot of the larger companies are doing a lot of these testing things because they could afford to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're working with DMPs and trying to mine more first party data. Um, and all of these things. But it seems like everybody is kind of doing it differently and figuring out what works best. And then a lot of the smaller companies and even what they were saying in a lot of the sessions on Digiday is that they're just kind of like wait and see. Mm -hmm. Um, I have been talking to a lot of the SSP and DSP partners that I've been working with Mm -hmm. my clients to see, you know, what is it that they are rolling out in response to this? Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's been really interesting because everybody's talking about it, but I personally don't feel like there's one real clear solution, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've been trying to direct my clients towards honing in more on first party data, Mm -hmm. um, not only because how rich and valuable it is, and how accurate it could be for them in, in terms of targeting and understanding their audience,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but also to prepare for what this cookie list world is going to look like,
1: yeah, um,
0: and not just totally be caught off guard. A lot of people say that they're, they're talking about things internally mm-hmm. um, and they're coming out with um, you know solutions but I haven't really seen anything on this is what we're going to do. And this yeah. is how it's really going to work. Well, okay. um, and I, you know, even with this iOS update on Facebook and, and mm-hmm. things of that sort um, it's already impacting results um, now. So, you know, I, I'm asking, you know, Facebook support and the, my Facebook specialist, like what's happening here with cookies when this goes away and they're like, we don't have an answer yet. Like Facebook hasn't come back with anything yet. Um, you know, Google hasn't necessarily said any too much yet. Um, although, you know, the person that does search for me as well, mm-hmm. Google event last, last week mm-hmm. or yeah. whenever it was and said the same thing, you know. So it's the talk of the town. <laughs> um, and everybody is trying to come out with, with, with something to fix this. Mm-hmm. But there hasn't really been... Something that's a one size fits all. I feel
1: like right. That's a good point. I just came across one of the Proaska Consulting uh, LinkedIn posts where they shared all partners offering a identity solution. And I said, when I say it was like a full page, it was a full page. So I say that to say, you know, let's not panic. It's okay, guys. We there's partners out there. We just need to figure out which one will fit our business objectives, campaign performance objectives, and also our team best because you can sign up to one of those big vendors, make that investment, but ultimately your team is going to run it. So if you're going to invest in a partner, make sure you invest time and uh, training time specifically into your team so they know how to take it to the next level.
0: Yeah. Um, And then another, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you can go ahead. I was going to say another good thing that was brought Mm -hmm. up during that conference as well was that, you know, a lot of people are relying on their agency Mm -hmm. to guide them or make that decision for them. Yeah. um, Where it it, it is something that the company really needs to figure out. You know, yes, we could guide you and, and help you and give you mm-hmm. the information and help you with the research, but it really is something that they need to figure out mm. long term what fits for their business yeah. and their business goals. Mm-hmm. And the agency adopting a partner and saying use this might not necessarily be the best solution for that company. Right. Mm, And then they might realize that a little too late, you know? Mm -hmm. The other thing is that with all of these um, technology partners, it's also interesting because they're just as scared of losing their advertisers and their publishers um, as, you know, the brands and the publishers are of losing the cookies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they are working diligently behind the scenes to come up with solutions as well. So I do feel like it is a big topic and I feel like it's really important. But at the same time, when I try to kind of think about it or think about like some of the panic behind it, Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be something like you're not going to work with somebody like AdRoll or MediaMath and then all of a sudden, you know, next year rolls around and everything goes completely dark they're going to want to avoid that as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there might be an add-on or there might be a plugin or something more that you need to subscribe to or buy into within the platform possibly Mm -hmm. um, to make this work. But there will be some type of a solution where the partners that you're currently working with will be able to remedy that for you. Yeah, It's just another question, is that again enough Mm -hmm. for what your long-term business goals are?
1: Yeah, that's a great, way to conclude this uh this segment actually. So guys, let's take a breather. Like Anna Calibri would say, she's like, here's a tip, breathe. (laughs) And so let's just breathe through things. We we do have time, but it doesn't mean that we should just wait. Um I would strongly recommend to not only turn to your partners or trust them, but also questions. Like it's okay to let them know like I want to know some information, but I trust that you'll do whatever is needed to make sure we Keep performance at a certain level that we we um, don't lose the type of analysis that we've been receiving so far and reporting metrics, for instance. But there will be change happening, so do not expect that everything is going to be smooth sailing when right. this happens. Like no, you're going to see maybe drastic changes. But ultimately, is that before you get to that point, you are preparing now, and the best way to prepare, in Stephanie's word, is to you know partner with the, the right people, question your partners, do your own research and yeah. then continue testing, start testing right now. Yeah. Um, so that's thank you so much for sharing. And um, all right. So in the closing, I know in the beginning <laughs> we were going to talk about the ad exchanger article, but I think the conversation we'll have was so much more important. Um, so I will still add the ad exchanger notes, um, article into the show notes for those um, who are interested in reading it if you haven't read it uh, already so in our closing segment i'll i like to ask a few questions so uh, give us three fun facts in less than 30 seconds
0: three fun facts okay so i am a native new yorker born and raised in the bronx still living here um i became a pescatarian about nine years ago wow okay very nutrition what goes into our food how the how our food kind of nourishes our body and things of that sort um and a third fun fact um i am i know it's like you put me on the spot here
1: (laughs) i have a food blog
0: actually oh nice
1: Um, please do share so i I can uh, add in the
0: show notes thanks Yes, it has taken a little bit of a backseat, um, Uh because I've been crazy busy with my real business. (laughs) Um, But I do keep my Instagram updated. And I I called com, Uh And um, it's all really like innovative, great meatless recipes. Um, I really enjoy cooking and my dream Uh job would be to host a cooking show one day.
1: Oh, my gosh. I know. Like, <laughs> you guys heard it here. If in five years from now, we're on, I don't know, own network. Don't ask questions. Yeah, right. We knew It was going to happen <laughs> anyway. We had no doubt. <laughs> yes. um, so, OK, so the last question I wanted to ask you is that if you had to give yourself one advice um, or your freshman self when you just started in the programmatic world or digital media world, what would that be?
0: Um that's a really good question. <laughs> so, and I I've, I've had a really great career, so I'm very fortunate and I've had really great bosses and mentors. So, um everybody who's been a part of my life and my career journey, you know, thank you. Um I would say <laughs> to take Let me see. This is a hard one. You really have to. You know, you just
1: you just mentioned something that I wanted to highlight to everyone else, just in case you missed that bar. But you said thank you to all my mentors. Like it's so important in any business or any aspect of your life to have some type of mentors, mentorship, but also like a person that you can grow into being but learn from. And that person needs to keep learning. Like don't get a mentor that doesn't believe in mentoring their own self. Like get a mentor who has a mentor who has a mentor. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Because that
1: shows growth and that's what you want to do, you know? Absolutely.
0: Um, I guess I would say to, you know, always be curious. Mm
1: -hmm. One
0: thing that I think was really good for me in my career was that I wasn't afraid to ask questions. And no matter what role I was in or what level I was at, I always ask the hard questions, you know, I was always the person in the room when everybody else was quiet, like, hey, I have one more question, like I was (laughs) an annoying person. But it was that I wanted to learn. And I wanted to make sure that I understood. Mm -hmm. Um, And then for the managers out there, um, my piece of advice to you would be to adapt your style of managing to fit your employees it shouldn't be the other way around Mm -hmm. um and a lot of managers don't do that Mm -hmm. it's very difficult um Mm -hmm. a good manager will alter how they motivate each individual person on their team Mm -hmm. how they speak to those people um and you know how they interact with those people to know how to get the best out of those people Mm -hmm.
1: that is such a good way to end everything because Man, that's everything we needed. I can end it even more. I think I think it only makes me think about why every single agency I've worked with have forced us almost to take the disk assessment. Yes, <laughs> And at first it was like, here goes another personality test. But now that I'm, I'm in the like now that I'm the CEO of my company and then I'm, I'm hiring underneath like people to help me grow. Mm-hmm. I'm discovering that, I, oh man, can you think that this is get assessment? Because I really need to know if you're a high S or high C, <laughs> very high I. <laughs> so the right. way I communicate has to be customized and personalized to the way uh, they would communicate back at me or to their different way of understanding things. So it's such a great way to end this podcast. So thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate you making the time. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the conversation and we hope you enjoyed it. Please do us three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on all social media. Sign up to our newsletter on the website programmaticdigest.com which sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. For any articles, topics and the guest information you can find it in the show notes on our website programmaticdigest.com Thank you and stay curious, my friend.